listening to www.infinitesmile.org. Enjoy these Zen-inspired talks given by Michael McAllister. In chapter 10, Jack Cornfield talks about the dirty laundry. Love that. I love that uh, the, the metaphor he uses there. Um, our dirty laundry and how important that even after our ecstatic meeting of our internal and external light, there's still work to be done. That we're never finished. Where did you guys land with this? I'm curious if anybody wants to uh, offer up any uh, observations or questions that may have arisen. I was, I yeah. was actually pretty pleased because I was having trouble with my ultimate, ver- my ultimate, or my, sorry, my, my first impression when I heard about Zen and Buddhism and enlightenment. I'm looking around for these enlightened people and I, I don't see them. Right. And I see, I see, I've seen videotape of the Dalai Lama and, you know, to, to meditate that long and be that happy consistently, that's what I imagine would be the closest, but it was hard for me to believe that anybody could actually be truly all, all yeah. the time. Um, unless they're in a cave and you know, away from society. Just and even then, even then, you're in a cave away from society. Yeah, and, I, right. and that's, I think, and hearing this makes me think almost that we're fortunate to be able to create and be a part of the creation of American Buddhism where we learn how to do this exactly like we're doing this. <coughs> I read the Gateless Gate chapter this last time, so I'm not quite up to 10, but it's kind of awesome to be able to deal with, you know, the, the sitting while you're walking and while you're living and while you're doing this and to hear that, to hear that, you know, it's, it's a process yep. from people who are, who've done it a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of having this thing that, oh man, that's impossible. I don't think I can get there in a long time. Yeah, and, and you know what? The ego loves the fact that it's hard because then it's off the hook. Then it's got a challenge. If it's got a challenge, it's got something to rail against, okay? Or feel totally inadequate. It can feel totally inadequate as long as it, well, and then it's got a great excuse. In my next life, what a great egoic attachment that can be. Right? And this fact kind of builds that, that bridge that get, doesn't give you an excuse. Right, there, exactly, exactly. There is no excuse. And one of the things that I think is so helpful is that there are no enlightened people. There's only enlightened activity. So act from that place of awakening. Be kind. Be compassionate. Be wise. Be discriminating. Be virtuous. Be all those things you learned in kindergarten. Robert Fulgham said it, you know. <coughs> all you really need to know you learned in kindergarten. Can you be in that space for all time? And when, you, when you're not there, can you recognize, oh my gosh, I'm not here. Honor it, and then get back on the, uh, get back on the horse. Yeah, thanks. <coughs> now get busy. <laughs> Yeah. Anyone else? 
little comment above. People commonly feel that because I am considered a living Buddha, I must experience only serenity, perpetual happiness, and have no worries. Unfortunately, this is not true. And I'm going to stop right there. I think that says it all. And the, do you mind if I then read the next line? The next line I love. As a high lama and incarnation of enlightenment, I know better. There's this, uh, uh, I went with one of our Sangha members uh, a couple years back to hear the Dalai Lama at uh, Shoreline Amphitheater. And it was the, the Dalai Lama and then um, about 12,000 of his closest students. And he had this great question and answer thing. Thank you for getting that. Uh, he had this great question and answer thing at the end where people were, he, he, literally the, his translator, who is just brilliant, keeps, w would read these questions. And one of them was, do you ever get mad? And immediately, the Dalai Lama started bouncing when he laughed, you know? Kind of like Ed Brown would do, you know, just <laughs> like that. <laughs> and he says, he goes, well, well, actually, I lose my temper a great deal. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> you know? And, and, and everybody, everybody, it was like you could see this wave of heads go, wow, I never thought of it like that. And here again, we put so much, th this is all ego. Our egos paint this picture of impossibility because that'll then keep us from awakening to what's beyond ego. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyone else? You guys haven't... Uh... We, we didn't read the chapter either. And, uh, so we talked about other books that we read. We kind of compared analogies Right. And I had one analogy I liked. She had one she liked. And the one that really moved me, I think it's in that book, and maybe in her other books, is where she talks about practice being a little like melting an ice cube. And yeah. people, as you practice, you melt a little bit each time you practice, and then you kind of merge into a puddle at the end. Um, I, I've read the book a few times, but the analogy um, really grabbed me. Exactly, and, and and Charlotte Joko Beck, I think, does such a great job in that in that way of of, I mean, she simplifies really complex stuff in in a, in beautiful ways. The ice cube, as we sit, it is is like as we meditate, it is like we are melting an ice cube. The reverse is also true in my experience. When we don't meditate, we create icebergs, right? And uh, icebergs have stuff that is above the water, but most of the stuff is below the water, which we don't see. We can ignore. It's in the subconscious. It's, you know, we get very Freudian at that point. But I, I think that there's some real truth to that. Um, if we can look at this experience as merging with the oceanic reality of all things, we melt that iceberg. We melt that iceberg whenever we sit still, because that stillness is the fire, right? Isn't that global warming? Isn't that global warming? <laughs> <laughs> I have.
have no comment. <laughs> you do, but you won't share it. Yeah. The, oh, and was there... Did you? Well, the one that I was thinking about was um, when I was, I was just reading that book this past week, and she talked about this analogy or, of that we're all like little whirlpools. Uh-huh. We're all like little whirlpools, right. In addition to that, um, can I give you my twist on that, if it's okay? I don't want to, like, defile her beautiful work, but I, I wanted to add something. I think that it's, and this is only my perspective, it can be so helpful uh, in addition to seeing ourselves as whirlpools, it can be very helpful to see ourselves as the river. If we can look at ourselves as the river, more often than not, it's raging, right? It's raging, but even raging rivers have eddies off to the side, right? Little whirlpools off to the side where we can get caught. The, the life is still flowing, right? But we're caught in this thing, or trash has gotten into it, or there's you know, a big boulder that is really causing a, a surge in the rapids or something like that. The stillness practice is about calming that flow. It's about slowing it down consciously. Okay, the same amount of water is there, okay, but its rush is not with the same gravitational force. It starts to slow down. It's like we tilt everything down slightly. Okay, when that happens, we see everything that obstructs the free flow of the river. And at that moment, it's scary because we see that rock is going to stay there unless my awareness moves it. So we have to face everything, right? In the facing of everything, we, we literally create an unobstructed flow of life. Where do the eddies go then? Right? So we still the river of life, our life, and we recognize that it merges with all other lives, with all other beings. That we are all this river. That we are never the same twice in two separate moments. It's an entirely different river. One moment, when you step in at the next moment, it's an entirely new river. It's changed 100%. And so becoming comfortable with this change, becoming aware of the obstructions in this flow, actually carries us straight to awakening. Bye. <laughs>